Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include mortgage rates and global warming, part one of my interview with Olivia Nicholson on data analytics in the mortgage industry, and the latest in what's moving treasury yields. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 in Mortgage, Accounting Today Firms to Watch, and the fastest growing firms and an excellence in firm culture by Inside Public Accounting several times. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. It was one week ago that the benchmark 10-year yield hit 1.17%. Now we're back up to 1.32, the same yield that we saw for much of early and mid-July. Is it the end of the world? Of course not. Something to be aware of? Yeah. Something else to be aware of is the latest report on climate change. Whether you believe in man-made climate change or not, plenty of people do, including investors and mortgages. World climate aside, a nature communications report found that in nearly every major U.S. city, people of color are more likely to live in census tracts with a more intense heat island effect. And last month, one nonprofit research group published tree equity scores for 150,000 neighborhoods in 486 urban areas in the U.S., which showed that nationwide, wealthier areas have 65% more tree coverage than lower-income neighborhoods overall. One way to weather the extreme heat is to stay inside and crank the air conditioning, but that can be difficult for low-income communities who are much more likely to already be struggling with electricity bills. Poor households spend four times as much on utilities as well-off households as a percentage of income. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment and new hires, products and services, and events and trainings in August into mid-September, visit robchrisman.com. Joining us today is Olivia Nicholson from Richie May. Olivia leads the data analytics practice at Richie May Advisory, serving over 110 mortgage banking companies. She is responsible for the strategic vision of Richie May's RM Analyze Business Intelligence product, as well as the company's implementation and ongoing analytics consulting. Olivia joined Richie May from Phoenix Capital as Vice President of Analytics, where she was responsible for data and model management across the firm. She was also recognized in 2020 as a Housing Wire tech trendsetter and is passionate about giving mortgage companies insight into their data to make more informed decisions. She loves to solve complex data problems that lead to strategic outcomes for her clients, and I am pleased to have her on the podcast today. Hello, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Robbie, I'm good. How are you? It's good to talk to you. Good. I am fantastic. Let's get right into it. Uh, data analytics has been getting a lot of attention for a while now. What does that term mean, and where are we as an industry on this? Yeah, it's a great question. I think boiled down to its most simple definition, Data analytics is honestly just using data to find insights. And I think it's gotten confusing recently because the term data analytics has gotten so caught up with other disciplines like data science and statistical modeling and programming and forecasting. And that's all great. And that's obviously going to really take you to the next level if you're there and if you're ready. But data analytics doesn't have to be that complex. And it can actually be incredibly powerful for your business even without all of that. You know, at its foundation, data analytics can be something like understanding your turn times and using that information to make your operations more efficient in the future. 
uh, maybe something like doing a deep dive into your marketing spend and uh, maybe better understanding your ROI on your latest marketing campaign. Maybe something like creating uh, reporting around your loan officer profitability. So you don't just have to know which LOs are having the highest production or the highest volume. You can understand which are truly making your company the most money. So with those examples and really anytime you're using data to answer a question, to make an informed decision about your company, that's data analytics. But I would actually take it a step further and say that even though we you know, have that very basic definition of just using data to make a decision, you're really going to get the most value out of your data when you start to kind of formalize and put some structure around your analytics. How is your data collected? Um, where is it accessed? What reports have been built? How often are you reviewing the reports? All of those sorts of questions. In the example of that loan officer profitability report, um, without some sort of structure around your analytics, you might have to start from scratch every time your books close at the end of the month to rebuild that report and go out and find the data points you need, rebuild all of your Excel formulas and you know email that report out and set a meeting to review it with everyone when it's ready and that's even assuming you have the time this month to build the report at all. So that process is definitely not going to drive as much value to you as it would if your business intelligence and data analytics reporting is already set up and automated and you had all of your data being collected and stored in the same place kind of behind the scenes. So in that scenario, you could receive this report in your inbox the day your books close without even needing to lift a finger. And that's where the big differentiator is because data analytics is only as valuable as it is timely. And you can't really wait around to gather information when you need to be making decisions. So the simple answer to, to your question is that analytics is really happening anytime you're using data to make a decision or to answer a question. But the analytics that I really wanna help people achieve is more systematic and doesn't just come up every once in a while. It's really part of the overall strategy of your company and kind of how you operate. So to answer the second part of your question, you know, which is where we are with data analytics as an industry, I think when it comes to technology in general, the industry can tend to be a little bit of a laggard in picking up new technologies and new trends and you know, new ways of operating. So I think a lot of the industry and the day-to-day -day operations with the industry were built on Excel, and that served us really well for a long time. But there are so many new tools and technologies out there beyond Excel and those are gonna serve us a lot better in a lot of cases. And it's been really exciting to see the adoption start to pick up on these new tools and just see how quickly that's helping companies find new insights and improve their business and you know, just better serve their borrowers and their employees and all of that. When you talk about companies having better insights, can you give me, I guess, kind of a little elevator pitch on why data analytics is so important? And I guess following on that, what the next steps are that the industry needs to take to get right. to advance? Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, I think harnessing the power of data to drive better outcomes for your company, that's going to be important for any industry. Uh, but I think the mortgage industry specifically is in such a unique position that the industry is actually built on data. So everybody listening today actually has access to a massive amount of data, and they might not even realize it. Every single system that you're working in and that the industry has, you know, whether it's the LOS, any of your accounting systems, your CRM tools, your HR data, all of that is housing data. And that data is being collected from the moment your LO first talks to a borrower and honestly, probably even before that. 
So that's the first piece is just that data is not hard to come by in this industry. So it should make it that much easier to kickstart your analytics initiatives and drives out, drive outcomes. And it would really be a waste to you know, not be tapping into and using that data that you have accessible to you. And the second piece as to why I think this conversation is so important to be having today is that you know, despite the year we had last year in the industry, we are all well aware that things are not always going to look like that. You know, we're going to go through periods like we're seeing of compressing margins and needing to focus on decreasing costs. Uh, we're going to want to make sure that we're, you know, limiting employee turnover. We're keeping our employees engaged. All of those things that come to mind when you think about staying profitable through any market conditions. And I truly feel and I've seen through the work that I've done with clients that the ones who can literally press a button to open a report that tells them anything they need to know are the ones who are able to make faster better informed decisions, they can pivot at a moment's notice because they're not spinning their wheels trying to understand where they've been. They're able to know what needs to happen to get them where they wanna go. So I think the first step the industry needs to take, honestly, is just a step back and recognize all of the data that we have access to. You know, I would ask, do you as a company have the information you need to become more profitable or to increase employee satisfaction or to get more, more borrowers into homes? And I think the answer there is yes. And then the next step is to evaluate the processes and the tools centered around data that have gotten us where we are. You know, Take a moment to appreciate them and recognize them for what they are and what they've done, but then really start to think forward and start to think outside of the box as to whether those are gonna be the best tools and processes to really bring us into the future. You know, Understanding that we're already seeing what the next generation of the mortgage industry looks like, and it is very technology and automation focused. So we'll definitely need to be thinking in that direction when it comes to data as well. Tune in tomorrow for the second and final part of our interview. The bond market, and therefore agency mortgage rates, began the week on a quiet note. And it may behoove you to not expect much in the way of movement until we get some inflation data with the consumer price index and producer price index. In the meantime, we saw the U.S. job openings rose in June to a record high of over 10 million as businesses continue to struggle with hiring. We also had some significant Fed speak on tapering off its buying of fixed income securities. Atlanta Fed President Bostich said the central bank should move to taper its asset purchases with another strong month or two of employment gains and proceed with that scaling back process faster than in past episodes. Boston Fed President Rosengren called for a start to dial back economic stimulus as soon as, quote, this fall, end quote. The comments are a trial balloon of sorts to prepare investors for a sooner and more drawn-out tapering, rather than a delayed and sharper tapering that would mean the Fed is acknowledging it is behind the curve. Today's economic calendar was already underway ahead of the open, with the NFIB small business optimism for July down to 99.7 from 102.0. The NBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey for the week ending August 1st revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by 7 basis points to 3.40% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week. Per the NBA's estimate, 1.7 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. We've also had Q2 productivity up 0.23% and unit labor costs up 1.0%. Ahead are Redbook same-store sales and the first leg of this week's quarterly refunding from Treasury. The day's loan Fed speaker, Chicago's Evans. We begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged, as is the 10-year, yielding 1.32% for Monday night. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Here we go in the Wayback Machine for this TV clip. Well, you see, Norm, it's like this. 
A herd of buffalo can only move as fast as the slowest buffalo, and when the herd is hunted, it is the slowest and weakest ones at the back that are killed first. This natural selection is good for the herd as a whole, because the general speed and health of the whole group keeps improving by the regular killing of the weakest members. In much the same way, the human brain can only operate as fast as the slowest brain cells. Now, as we know, excessive intake of alcohol kills brain cells. But naturally, it attacks the slowest and weakest brain cells first. In this way, regular consumption of beer eliminates the weaker brain cells, making the brain a faster and more efficient machine. And that norm is why you always feel smarter after a few beers. (laughs) I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. For over 30 years, Richie May has been deeply involved in the mortgage industry to bring solutions and innovation through advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. To learn more about how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Origins. With the Origins Mortgage Platform, you can offer your borrowers and loan officers a truly modern mortgage lending experience. Discover the mortgage platform designed to evolve and scale with a rapidly changing lending landscape. Visit origins.com today. That's O-R-I-G-E-N-C-E dot com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.